Welcome to Techno, where Sophos experts debate, explore, explain, and hopefully help you to understand the often baffling world of computer security. Techno is hosted by me, Paul Ducklin. And me, Chester Wisniewski. And today's topic is the end of life of Windows XP. Chester, I want to follow the format that we have in the past, the what, the why, and the how. So let's start with the really simple one. What is happening with XP? Well, officially, on the 8th of April 2014, the last Patch Tuesday update will occur for Windows XP customers. So Microsoft will ship the last patch. Arguably, for another month, um, you'll be as equivalently up to date as you ever were running XP. But after that, there will be no more fixes, security or otherwise, shipped for XP from Microsoft. So if you've wondered why the date at which Windows XP drops off the edge of the cliff. If you've wondered why it's the 8th of April, that's because it's a Tuesday. Yes, that's the second Tuesday of April 2014. So when May comes around and all the fixes go into Windows 7 and Windows 8, XP will not get those. That's correct. Uh, Vista 7, 8, 2008, uh, 2012, all the different editions will get their normal updates in May, but Windows Server 2003 Office 2003 and Windows XP will no longer get any updates as of May 2014. So to keep with the what, what happens to you if you just ignore that fact? Well, arguably nothing other than your risk of being compromised increases as new vulnerabilities are discovered that will apply to those products, but there won't be any fixes to protect you from people uh, taking advantage of those bugs anymore. So it seems there's a compelling reason to move, namely that if you're still on XP, you're going to get less and less and less secure forever and ever and ever. How much is it going to cost you to move if you're a consumer buying at retail? And how much is it going to cost you for your upgrade if you're a small or medium business? Well, if you choose to stay with Windows, uh, Windows 8 is $119.99 in North America. If you're a professional user and need access to Windows domains or BitLocker encryption, etc., you need to get the Pro Edition, which is $249.99 in North America. Of course, you don't necessarily have to stick with Windows. Uh, there are free alternatives like Linux available as well. But yet there still seems to be a little undercurrent of people who are aggrieved that Microsoft have only supported XP for, what is it, 12 or 13 years now. Do you think that's reasonable? Is it acceptable for a company like Microsoft to say 10 years is long enough? Absolutely, I think it's reasonable. And to be fair, uh, you know, Windows XP users have been at far greater risk than Vista 7 or 8 users for quite some time. Uh, this isn't just about security updates. One of the things in the evolution of an operating system that's occurred in, in all of the available OSs, whether that's OS 10, Linux, or Windows, has been mitigation. What kind of things can we build into an operating system that can preventatively stop bad things from happening? And Windows XP is very immature that way. So aside from the 10 or 13 years, if Microsoft had decided, say, to extend support another five years, it still wouldn't be prudent to run something that it's known how easy it is to exploit, where it's much more difficult with newer operating systems of uh, any variety. So that brings us to the why. 
The why move is that the newer operating systems, from a computer security perspective, are simply better. Absolutely. Um, you know, if we look and compare, say, Windows XP to Windows 7, which is maybe the most natural progression that people might consider making if they're going to do the, the forced upgrade before April, uh, there's quite a few important things. Uh, Microsoft introduced ASLR, which uh, we've talked about in other podcasts, which is address space layout randomization. It, it makes it more difficult to predict a memory address where something might be loaded that could be ex exploitable by attackers. And it's one of those mitigation techniques that's uh, made it much more difficult to exploit Windows 7 and 8, as well as introducing uh, Patch Guard, which is some kernel protection technology uh, to stop uh, malicious rootkits and things like that from nesting in with the Windows kernel. That sort of raises the question, why doesn't Microsoft just take all these fantastic new technologies that they've learned about since they got more serious about security, why don't they just retrofit those backport in technical terms, those changes to XP, and then people can stick with XP and this whole problem will go away? I mean, fundamentally, you could say they have, and they called it Windows 7, and, they, and they've made it available as an update. Um, I mean, the reality is the foundation of an operating system is not that easy to change and yet maintain all of that backward compatibility with the way it misbehaved in a previous life. And, and those are the choices that folks are having to face now. So the what is that you almost have to move because Microsoft has said no more. The why you would want to move is that you will be much safer and your digital lifestyle will be more comfortable, if you like. Why are some people so resistant then? What are the reasons why you might want or need to stay with this old version that's not going to be getting security fixes? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there. There's two categories, right? There's want and there's need, and they're very different. Many of the organizations I've spoken with that are going to stay with XP after April are not doing it by choice. In fact, the IT managers at these organizations that are responsible for their security are very concerned about the fact that they're still going to have XP, but they may not have a choice. Um, sometimes it's hardware compatibility, controllers for machinery, um, you know, custom systems that were built uh, for a single purpose or task within an organization that's, that's uh, essential to their business. These things aren't necessarily affordable to replace uh, in an effective manner. And, and if they can be isolated, which is, uh, you know, I think what a lot of uh, companies are looking to do, they may just isolate these systems and hope for the best. The people that want to keep XP, I think, need to go back to the questions um, that you were asking at the beginning of the podcast, which is the benefits of moving forward. You know, are they worth it? And how could you decide to uh, disregard all of these advancements in security mitigations that are available in newer versions? So what you're suggesting for organizations where there is a compelling reason to leave at least some of your systems on XP, maybe they control a lathe and you figure, why, why should I buy a new lathe just because I can't keep running XP? The advice there is sort of divide and conquer, isn't it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing you can do if you're going to run out-of-date software intentionally is assess the risk and determine whether that risk is worth the benefit. So perhaps that's a million-dollar lathe. The risk may be worth it. And I suppose you could argue that if you have a million dollars worth of lathe connected up to a thousand or five hundred dollars worth of computer, then 
even if that computer is the latest and greatest and so is the operating system, you probably don't want that system to be as exposed to the internet uh, as a computer that you use for reading the news, do you? No, but it's important to remember that not just systems exposed to the internet can be compromised. Uh, you know, we've seen many cases where technicians have connected up a laptop from the outside to reprogram that lathe and accidentally spread malware throughout a manufacturing facility. Or many people will maybe use the example of, of the Stuxnet worm that was uh, used in Iran. And of course, the assumption there is there were some air gaps in that network, and yet the malware still was able to find its target. And, and, you know, that's the problem here is that isolation is not necessarily enough. And so you need to look at what certainty or safety can you get using different tools to, to make that environment the, the safest it can be if you must maintain unsupported operating systems. Forgive me being a touch commercial for the moment. If you were using a product like Sophos Endpoint Security, as well as trying to keep malware off your old and vulnerable systems, you might want to consider using application control in order to prevent using even known good applications simply because they might increase the risk. So you might even say you can't run the, any browser on the system that has XP on it that's connected to the lathe because we expect you to use it only for that lathe-related purpose. Right. And, and it also brings up things about if you must run a browser, for example, for an application, say, that requires Windows XP, then maybe you should choose one that's not Internet Explorer because Microsoft will not be shipping fixes for Internet Explorer while you may be able to continue using Firefox or Chrome because they will be shipping fixes for Windows XP users. So if you must use a browser, at least choose one that the browser itself is being kept up to date as opposed to the embedded browser, which is known to be old. Yes, there was a brouhaha that erupted when Google announced that Chrome would carry on being created and updated for XP, wasn't there? With people going, oh, you're, they shouldn't have done that. It's just going to let people who don't want to move rather than who can't move be really sloppy. Would you say that's false reasoning? Yeah, I think there's two sides to that coin and that some users will be comforted and maybe feel safe continuing to use an out-of-date operating system. That's a valid concern. Um, but there are many organizations that are going to be required to still use XP for some period of time for those lathes and those mainline business applications. And it's good to know that they have a choice of at least a, a patched browser uh, for some period of time to help them through the transition. So what would you say to organizations that have the opinion that, hey, we've got these computers on lease, some of them have got two years still to go, they've got XP on, we know we're going to have to change it, but we're not going to be proactive about it. We're going to let April come and go, and then we're going to let the XP computers fall out of the organization organically when their lease ends. Do you think that's reasonable, or do you think that a company that's doing that might find itself in a very uncomfortable situation next year. I certainly wouldn't advise that as a strategy. XP already is at far higher risk of contracting a malware infection through things like surfing. I think that high risk activity being even higher risk after the patches are unavailable does not really make any sense to me. But, uh, you know, some organizations I'm sure are going to go that route anyhow. Yes, and it's not really an irony, but interesting that some of the best data that we have to uh, establish that that's the case comes from Microsoft itself. 
and they show that what they call the exposure rate to malware amongst the various versions of Windows from XP, Vista 7 and 8 is fairly comparable, not identical, but you're almost equally likely on all of those systems to run into malware at some time, as you might expect as you browse. But if you're running XP, then you are about five times more likely than any of the other Windows flavors actually to get infected by that malware. The risk is quantifiably much higher when you're running XP. Right. And I, I think that's part of the irony of organizations, perhaps in that leasing situation that you used. You know, the argument is we don't have time to upgrade to Windows 7 because we're too busy running around cleaning up viruses. <laughs> it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Yes. What's that famous saying? We don't have time to do it properly, but we can always find time to do it again. <laughs> Precisely. Right. There are compelling reasons to move. There are some reasons why some computers in some organizations are going to be stuck for some time. There are some mitigations that can allow you to live in the past without having all the dangers of the future. Let's say you do decide, right, I'm going to try and hit that 8th of April deadline. How hard is it to switch? How do you go about it? Well, unfortunately, it's not as simple as an upgrade. Um, the last upgrade that was available from Windows XP only took you to Vista, which has not been the choice of most organizations that uh, I've worked with. But it's not too difficult either. I mean, Microsoft provides a pretty rich set of tools to assist organizations with imaging and things like that. For individuals, you know, looking at their personal laptop that maybe is five or six years old that doesn't really need to be replaced. The process is quite easy, but you do have to install your applications again. Uh, there's a bit of a wizard that kind of walks you through at least migrating your, your photos and your documents and stuff like that. But if you're playing World of Warcraft, you're still going to have to go back and reinstall it after the update. So actually, perhaps doing a, a complete reinstall also gives you the chance to leave behind all those applications that you installed years and years ago, maybe hardly ever use, but might bring risk to your computer. Yeah, so really, it, it, it can be looked upon as an opportunity to get up to date. I mean, many organizations that we talk to have a lot of legacy things where, uh, you know, in the past, they may have needed things like Real Player or Shockwave that they might have had as part of their standard Windows XP build. It is a good chance to do a cleanup. Okay, Chester, let's put ourselves in the position of someone who isn't going to take any of our advice. Either they won't or they can't, and they're going to stick with XP, and they're going to stick with it as long as they possibly can. Do you think that they will sooner or later attract the disfavor of auditors and various regulations about good practice in business? I mean, part of all of these regulations is, of course, it is the up to the opinions of the auditors or the QSAs involved to decide whether you're compliant or not. But I think any responsible auditor is going to find that someone running a known vulnerable operating system uh, is putting themselves at a greater risk. I mean, the operating system is the foundation of, of security of any computing platform, and it's hard to make something that is on top of that secure if the foundation in and of itself is flawed. So if you have computers where you want or must stick to XP, don't expect to carry on as you have for the past 10 years. You're going to have to have some adaptation in your business policies and practices that apply to those specific devices. 
yeah, I would think you need to apply a stricter standard in general. Uh, certainly, you know, you want to maintain things that you already have there, like your antivirus and your firewall, but you may decide to isolate them even more. Uh, many organizations are finding the one application, say, that's preventing them from moving on to Windows 8 and deciding maybe they'll just run XP inside of a virtual machine on, that, on those desktops for that one application and that their everyday activities like surfing the web and using Facebook will be done in a more modern operating system with a modern browser that's safer. So ironically, you may end up with those computers where you need to stick with XP doing a reinstall anyway so you can flush out all of those old apps that would actually increase the attack surface area of the legacy devices. I think it would be prudent for those users to do exactly that, to start out with a brand new clean install of Windows XP, update it to the 8th of April, and install the least amount of applications possible aside from any kind of mitigating security technologies uh, on those machines. To use a gardening analogy, uh, if you're sticking with XP, it's time to do your pruning. Absolutely. The, the, the least amount of programs there possible, the more secure that the machine will be. In addition to maybe reinstalling, perhaps you can even put it inside a virtual machine if that computer is meant to be dual use. And, and limit just the XP virtual machine to the, to the task that is legacy. So in summary, move if you can, and if you can't, take some active steps to reduce your attack surface area. Correct. Chester, I think that's an excellent point on which to end. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find plenty more on iTunes. You can find us on soundcloud.com slash Sophos security and of course for all the latest news including what's happening in the run-up to the end of xp uh, you can find us at nakedsecurity.sophos.com thanks for listening and until next time stay secure